Peter's with us in Canada. Hi, Peter. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Um, so I'm uh, currently entering my third year of university. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm married. Um, I, me and my wife have been very financially independent. Um, we're both in school. We, we both foresee being able to pay off for our school uh, just through hard-earned cash um, while just doing summer jobs. Wonderful. Um, but uh, we've been doing them. We've been kind of realizing, you know, that the student loan rate in Canada, we don't have uh, interest on our student loans, and we don't start paying until six months after we graduate. Mm-hmm. And so we were wondering, uh, we were thinking about maximizing out the student loans we can take out and putting it aside in a separate high-interest savings account, uh, maybe even in, in uh, invest into some short-term bonds. And then when we graduate, uh, take all that money out, uh, pay off our student loans in full, and then you know keep the keep the money that we made from from the interest. Mm-hmm. And my question is, uh, what what I know that you're very adamant about staying out of debt if possible. No, so just, I'm, just I'm just very adamant about st- not not is. if possible. I'm just adamant about staying out of debt. Period. Right. But, but let's go ahead. How, how much are you talking about doing? How much money? Uh, me, so about fifteen thousand uh, dollars a year for me and my wife. So that's about thirty thousand dollars each. Uh, so sixty thousand so dollars. Have... Yeah. Okay. And and the uh, bond rate is what? It's about five and a half percent. Okay. All right. So three thousand bucks. Um, that's what you're going to yeah, make per year. That's what you're going to make. Three thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And what's your degree in? Uh, finance. Finance? Yeah. Okay. Um, and you're in your third year of finance degree? No, so I'm, I'm just doing Bachelor of Commerce currently, uh, majoring uh, um, majoring in finance, yeah. going in, going into my third. Um, have, have you ever had a statistics class yet? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. I can tell. Okay. Um, Go ahead, Dave. Um, so here's what you're missing. Risk. The only way your program works is if there is a zero risk scenario, which does not exist. Okay. So the problem is you called a guy that's been doing this for 35 years. So I've seen everybody do every possible stupid butt thing they can do in their lives or have horrible tragedies happen to them in their lives that you have not anticipated. Or, oh, maybe the bond market has a problem. That's never happened, has it? Of course, that happens all the time. And so maybe you don't make 3000 And uh, maybe... Oh, have you, did you know that bonds go down in value when interest rates go up? Do you know it's an inverse relationship? Yeah. Yeah. And so you're going to take out a $60,000 loan with $60,000 worth of bonds. Interest rates go up. Now your bonds are worth $50,000, but you have to repay $60,000. You know, values go down when interest rates go up. It's an inverse relationship with the bond market to interest rates, and we're in a rising interest rate environment, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Is that that's called risk? Okay, so your plan is um, not good. It, it's left out 
key components which makes it really, really risky and naive. That's problem number one with it. Problem number two with it is you are trying to make money doing nothing. Making money doing nothing usually will cause you problems. So don't try to make money doing nothing. Problem number three is I'm pretty sure, I'm not positive, but I'm just about positive, that the uh, government of Canada did not come up with a student loan program for Peter to invest in the bond market, meaning that you are misusing these funds, which is not illegal, but it is at a minimum unethical or immoral. I agree with that. So um, lots of reasons, Peter, to not do this. Lots of reasons. You did not anticipate risk. Another way that you can, if you're ever faced with something like this again, that help you feel the risk is just take your proposed scenario and multiply it like 10 or 100x and see if it doesn't make you want to throw up a little bit. That's so good. Then you really see the gravity of it. Yeah. So in other words, would you do this with $600,000 if you could do it? Would you do this with $6 million mm-hmm. if you could do it? Oh, no. So now you're starting to feel like, oh, God, something could go wrong. Well, something could go wrong. Well, dude, something could go wrong. Mm-hmm. And let me just tell you, it's not something could. It's pretty likely to. Absolutely. It's pretty likely to. So, um, yeah, it's just, um, and all for three grand. That's my thing. It's not even a lot of money. Go deliver some pizzas and get you some three grand. <laughs> for a year. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's just it's not uh, a lot. Yeah, it's th- not worth You are it. playing with a barrel full of snakes for three grand, hoping to not get bit. So um, there's the problems with your theory, and because your theory is empty. It's missing entire sets of variables that when implemented, make this really unattractive. And you forgot the ethics and the morals part of it too, which will also lead you astray and get you into problems. So, Whew, Dave, that was good. I I was expecting you to really go into one of your Dave modes. Well, <laughs> but I, you, you taught, you taught. Well, that the, was th- good. the thing is, I, um, I, I, it wouldn't have been fair to him. That's true. Yeah. No, you taught. Uh, so he had to, uh, because he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. and he didn't call up with an arrogance. He was asking an honest question, he and he just didn't know. So it wouldn't have been fair to him to kill him, um, <laughs> as tempting as it might have been. I was, I, was, I was giving you the energy. <laughs> yeah, I know you were. You were I, I, I felt it. I, I felt you agging me on. It's almost as bad as when Sharon does that. But yeah. Yeah, uh, so, oh, my gosh. No, I mean, he, the, he's, a, he's a good guy. Yeah. He just hadn't thought about some of the stuff because he's young. And I'm glad he called in because I know a lot of people have fooled around with that idea in, in different types of way, basically taking debt to invest it. So, yeah, so for the, those of you over in the nerd side whose head are still spinning, the reason I ask about statistics class was not to be sarcastic, but um, in stat one, the first class you take, they will teach you uh, a, a measure of risk called a beta. And a beta is the, the distance uh, between the hill and the valley. If you look at a graph and it's going up and down like a mountain in a mm-hmm, valley, mm-hmm. the distance between the bottom and the top is your beta. Uh-huh. Okay, so and and so in an investment analysis, a beta is your measure of risk. And so for those of you out there doing your investments, uh, you'll see it actually. It's one of the, one of the few places you actually do see it in the real world, other than stat class, is with mutual funds. So a, a, a in the in the United States, the Standard and Poor, the S and P five hundred, mm-hmm. is the measure, the baseline of the stock market. It is a 1.0 beta. So it's your baseline. Okay. Okay. So if you have a mutual fund that has a 0.8 less than one, mm-hmm. that means it's less volatile 
than the stock the market. Mm -hmm. If you have a mutual fund, for instance, an aggressive growth stock mutual fund might have a 2.0 beta, which means it's twice as volatile mm -hmm. as the S&P baseline, okay, mm -hmm. the Standard Poor baseline. So you see it there. But what happens is people do not apply that type of mathematical thinking and formula, which that's an actual math measure of risk. Mm -hmm. no, people don't apply that to debt. And see, he left, he left risk out of his math formula. Yeah, he did. So he, he's thinking, okay, I'm going to make 3000 on 60000 but I did not adjust my returns for risk. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's why I was asking about that, because you adjust it for risk. And this is really a, 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 an egghead explanation of why God says in the Bible that the borrower is slave to the lender. Slaves don't have choices. Slaves are seldom generous. So slaves lose their personhood. Mm -hmm. And this mm -hmm. is what happens when you step into the noose of debt uh, because you haven't measured risk adequately. Very good. So th this is, the, you know, you can look at it through a biblical lens, a spiritual lens, the lens of faith. We can look at it through the academic lens. We can look at it through grandma's common sense. Grandpa says, son, you bought that car. You did what? That was my grandpa. <laughs> Drove up in a new Jaguar. I was a millionaire. My grandpa looked at me like I'd lost my mind. He goes, 10 years, what's that car going to be worth? And I said, not, not as much. <laughs> and he said, well, I call my investments things that go up. Look at that. <laughs> grandpa was right.